for your leadership, Pastor Katie. We have begun a sermon series on some of the agricultural parables of Jesus. Um, Jesus lived in a time and a place where a lot of folks were familiar with a lot of agricultural themes, and so a lot of his parables are um, based on things that have to do with the land, things growing, things being harvested, uh, work being done. Uh, so we are t- just touching on a few of those in the month of August. Uh, it seems like an appropriate month to do it. A, a lot of you may not realize, but in uh, the eastern half of the state right now, we are uh, right in the middle of a corn harvest. And it's a very important time of year for a lot of agricultural folks in our state. And so it seems like the right time to, uh, to, to center on um, some of the the words of Jesus involving uh, agricultural matters. And so today, our text is the laborers in the vineyard. It's a parable that Jesus tells, and we find it in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Jesus says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into the vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. And so they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. At about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, Will you also go into the vineyard? So when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would also receive more, but each of them received the usual daily wage. When they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last only worked one hour, and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So, the last will be first, and the first will be last. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me, please? God, we ask that you would reveal to us what needs revealing on this day. Make it plain. 
We ask that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel. Through Christ that we pray. Amen. For a decade, I lived in a community where the hiring of day laborers was a common practice for many. It was a common sight to go to the grocery store, uh, the Piggly Wiggly, and, and to, to see a large number of day laborers uh, sitting on the picnic tables, sitting on and around the picnic tables, waiting on someone to pull up and offer them employment for the day. It was not uncommon to see uh, 20, upwards of 30 day laborers out there on those picnic tables. And what would happen is that somebody would pull up in a truck or a van, and they would call out how many they needed, and then the race would be on, uh, because there was always uh, more. There were always more people uh, wanting employment than there were positions being offered by the person in the truck or the van. So the person would pull up. They say, "I need five. And so uh, the five who were uh, in the best position and who were ready and, and quick, uh, they would get in the van first, and those who were slower or in bad position, they would be left behind having to wait for the next opportunity to come along. As you would go by the grocery store throughout the course of the day, you would notice that the people on the picnic tables, uh, the number of them would dwindle down as more and more people came by saying how many they needed and saying, get in, let's go. But it was not uncommon uh, to see folks still sitting there on the picnic tables as the day came to a close, still hoping that someone would come along and offer them a spot in the truck. Having witnessed this many times, I have some understanding at least of what uh, Jesus is talking about when he tells this, this parable of the workers in the vineyard. We have this landowner who comes early in the morning, says, I need however many, get in, and uh, the workers get in and they go to work in the vineyard. Later in the day, the landowner comes back, hey, I need more people in the vineyard, and some of the people go and they work in the vineyard. He comes back two more times. I need some people to go work in the vineyard. They go and they work in the vineyard. And then, finally, with only an hour of daylight left, the landowner comes back one more time and says, why are you still sitting here on these picnic tables? And they respond, well, because nobody's hired us yet. And so the landowner says, well, very well, get in. You're going to the vineyard. Now, that's the hiring part of the story. It sounds kind of normal, like nothing too strange there. You know, it's kind of how it works. Well, what happens next is strange. It really doesn't compute with our minds. It doesn't seem fair. At the end of the day, the landowner tells his manager, 
pay the people who worked an hour now. Pay them first. And pay them the same amount of money that you pay everybody else. And as you can imagine, the people who had been there all day putting in a 10-hour shift, they were not too happy to hear that the one-hour people were being paid the same amount of money. You wouldn't be happy either. And so they grumble. But Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a landowner who pays people the same regardless if they put in 10 hours or one. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's strange. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's shocking. It's unexpected that Jesus would make a claim about the kingdom that just seems so unfair. It would be like an owner of a company, a large company, coming into to the office one day, which is not his typical practice, but he comes in this particular day, goes to the water cooler and says, I'm giving out bonuses, company loyalty bonuses. And for everybody who's been here 20 plus years, you're going to get one of those company loyalty bonuses in the amount of $5,000. You get a bonus and you get a bonus and you get a bonus. 5,000, 20 plus years. And then later the company owner comes back to the water cooler and says, okay, everybody that's been here for 10 plus years, $5,000 bonus, and you get one, and you get one, and you get one. And then he comes back a little bit later, five years. Guess what? You get a loyalty bonus, $5,000. And then the owner comes back a final time and says, okay, now bring me the new hires. Their insurance hasn't even kicked in yet. You get a loyalty bonus, $5,000. And then the owner of the company says to the payroll manager, pay the new hires their bonus first. And then two weeks later, give the five-year people theirs. And then two weeks after that, give the 10-year people theirs. And then finally, two weeks after that, give the 20-year people theirs. It would be shocking, right? That's not how we typically engage the world in, in, in ways like that. But Jesus says, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Imagine if the county superintendent of schools announced that all first-year teachers would now receive principal's pay. How would that go over, Bridget? Not well. But Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like that. Imagine if the Joint Chiefs of Staff announced that if you have one year of military service, you can retire just the same as someone with 20 plus years of decorated service. 
Doesn't seem fair, right? The kingdom of heaven is like that. Imagine going on Jeopardy. The first two services, they could really relate to this one for some strange reason. They have some Jeopardy dreams. Imagine going on Jeopardy, and you get all the questions right. You double all of your daily doubles, and at the end of Final Jeopardy, you wager it all, and you get the question right. And then as the show goes off the air, the producers of Jeopardy inform you that you have just set a record for winnings on a single episode. And then they tell you that those two losers are getting the same amount of money as you. Shocking. And they get paid first. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is kind of like that. Imagine that you have 11 siblings and your parents announce that they are buying each of you a car, a brand new car, 12 of them. And they're going to give those cars out one at a time, starting with your two-year-old brother. And then they're going to give the cars out at a rate of one per year, starting with the two-year-old and working their way up to the eldest. And you are the eldest. It makes no sense. It's not fair. But Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like that. Just like that. The kingdom is an unfair place. And the reason why the kingdom is an unfair place is because the grace of God needs no fairness to operate. Fairness is something that, that we construct so that we can try to uh, remain harmonious in life. We construct fairness so that uh, we can be harmonious with one another, within ourselves, within the world, within our spirits. But grace does not require fairness. Grace just gives and gives and gives. Grace gives to the first, to the last, and to all in between. Friends, if the kingdom of heaven were based off of fairness, we would all be in a world of trouble. It is grace. And it is a good thing that uh, it is grace for the first and the last and everyone in between that the owner of it all, our landowner, it is good that grace is what the landowner offers. It is good that we receive the portion that is sufficient for our needs. It is good that the kingdom of heaven is unfair. It's good for many reasons. But one big reason is because despite our desires to, 
to read ourselves in this story as the faithful workers who've been out for 10 hours in the scorching heat. Despite our desires to be the the 20 plus year loyal employees, despite our desires to read ourselves as the elder sibling in the story or the Jeopardy winner, the truth of the matter is we are the five o'clock workers. We are the ones who receive the offer of grace right before the dark. That is who we are. We spend our lives sitting on the picnic tables, waiting on the right truck or the right van to pull up to offer us something that will lead to life. But it seems as if we always miss the bus. We watch others depart on this van or that truck, but we are still there, sitting on the picnic tables, waiting on something meaningful to happen. Where is our offer for something meaningful that leads to life this day? We spend much of our time sitting on the picnic tables, fretting and worrying, pondering, what is my purpose this day? What is the meaning of it all? We spend our days sitting at the picnic table fearing about our lives and what they will become. We spend our days sitting on the picnic table fearing for the lives of those we love. We spend our days sitting on the picnic table worrying about things that we think matter that really don't matter. And before we know it, the daylight is departing. Soon, the darkness will overtake us. Where will we go? What will we do? Where will our help come from? And then, right before the darkness sets in, grace shows up. And the one driving the grace bus, the owner of it all, pulls up to the picnic tables, rolls down the window, and says to each and every one of us, why don't you just get on in? Just get in. There's plenty of room in the bus. Just get in. There is enough good work to go around. There is abundance in the vineyard. Get in. You will be compensated well. What are you waiting for? Get in. My fellow laborers, 
all roads in life lead to the owner's vineyard. Let's go. All is life because of the gracious generosity of the landowner. All is life. Let's get in. Let's go. Pray with me. God, we give you thanks for your grace. Your grace that not only enriches our lives, but saves us. God, we pray that we not only have the recognition of the grace, but we pray that we also live into it in a way that is pleasing and acceptable to you, a way that is life-giving to all. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all God's people say, Amen.